I want to know where the gold at. Show me, me the gold. gold. Give I me the want gold. The gold. <laughs> the gold is at the top of JP's jacket. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> of a anybody want the gold? Say yeah. Oh man, I was worried that this episode was going to start on a somber note. I'm glad that there's a lot of energy put it in the notes. and smiles. <laughs> That isn't the start. That's after the beer segment, you <laughs> And I will hey. ask for that sound specifically. Hey, JP. You know what? It's season three, episode one. Oh. Is it season four, episode one? Oh, yeah. It's season four, season episode four. one. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Season four. Did you miss us, Eva fam? We've been gone for like six days, (laughs) four days. I don't know. But it's, yeah, there's no, it's not like Lost back in the day where it's like, hey, did you guys enjoy that huge cliffhanger? Well, in nine years, you'll see what happens. (laughs) And it's nothing. And it's nothing. There's just a new smoke monster with new theories and problems. (laughs) <laughs> and guess what? We'll never tell you what happened. The only similarity is we've probably all been in purgatory the whole time, but God damn it, we're in purgatory the whole time together with the <laughs> fam. We are recording episode 123 of the Belligerent Beast podcast on Tuesday night, January 2nd, 2024. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to be miswriting the date on everything oh, I need I a date for, for the first April month. April 10th, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that in school? would be like, all right, spelling bee time. It was always like the first day back from winter break. And you just write January 4th, 2023. I don't know why I'm in fourth grade in 2023, but just go with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the, the phrases from the last year slash season slash 365 days of belligerent bees podcasting was it's 2023. No more. That's Mm-mm. done. It's Put done. to bed. Played out. Over. Mm-mm. It's 2024. It's 2024. It's 24. It's 2020. 20, 2044. Ken Griffey year. The, I was going to say the year of the Griff. Year of Willie the Griff. Mays. You guys, really and, here. and him, <laughs> <laughs> Robert oh, yeah. Griffith, the safety on the 1998 Vikings year. He was, but not Robert good. Griffin the third. Robert no. Griffith, Griffith, yeah, not Griffin, but yeah. not definitely not Robert Griffin the third. Happy New Year, for fuck's sake! Someone, Happy New Year, it. Happy Happy New, New Year. Year! You got? Did you guys have a have have, have good New Year's? JP, I saw. You post. You had a very. You had a hella cute whole family post. Yeah, you did. Of you, Thanks. your beautiful wife, your three darling kids. Uh, happy New Year! I didn't see it until New Year's morning, and I was like, "Did they stay up until midnight?" And then I saw on the TV in the background it said like six twenty p.m. in Times Square, and I was like, "That's that's responsible parenting by, yeah. by our guy JP Bertram." How, how was how was uh family? New Year's uh, uh, for you guys. Yeah, it was good. It was good. We we just kept it really chill this year. Stayed home. 
And the younger two, obviously the baby, of course, did not stay up until midnight. But I heard the baby was fucked up. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) But I was. (laughs) (laughs) And the but the main baby stayed up. He made it all the way to midnight. Everett made it to midnight. Okay. Is that that his first year? No, he did last year too. He was adamant last year. But we were with we were like out with you know with friends at a cabin. So it was kind of like, well, you're gonna hear us awake anyways, so you're gonna just be like laying in bed with your eyes open. Might as well hang out. But oh man, that was the worst as a kid. I know. I remember that yeah. feeling, right? When your parents like have friends over and you're like, "Why am I in bed? They're all yeah. awake do, right now." Why do my parents have friends? They're not. Cool. <laughs> my parents are lame. <laughs> Kidding. I love you, mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> that was a. Di- Definitely interesting perspective for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you guys have some champagne, pop some bubbly? We did. Yep. Pop some champagne and the kids had some Martinelli's. I made a last minute run. I looked at Annie at like, I don't know, two o'clock on New Year's Eve. And I was like, do we have any New Year's like party supplies? <laughs> she was like, no. Like, all right, do I'm we, going. Do we do that? Are, are we one of those families that has that? But you, that you know, we... like like a hat. You know, like, you don't, you get that sure. something that's just like Happy New Year. Like, you can't just. The little pretend. whistles? Yeah. Oh, God. No, I don't. Those are the worst with kids. They're the oh. worst. <laughs> like. Wait, no, it looked like Everett had one. Did he not have one? Or did oh, he, he did. Have like a blower. It, yeah, it was like a, you know, like a weird sound. It's like a mini, yeah. mini Vuvuzela. Yeah, it is like a mini Vuvuzela. And <laughs> you were just providing the background noise when I wanted to announce very exciting news on the Belligerent Peace podcast. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting ready. Producer and waiting. Yeah. Seven year old. Yeah. yeah I, I might as well hand it off to him, anyways, and get him trained up. But we had to take those away because both him and Penelope were making the horn sounds right oh. in the baby's face. And it was starting to become an issue (laughs) the the least shocking thing you've ever told me about any of your children (laughs) (laughs) nice very good very good to hear what about you guys did you have a good new year's benny what were you up to in uh tacoma yeah hotbed for oregon state recruits were you partying with tacoma durant (laughs) i'm just kidding yeah uh yeah (laughs) yeah I so I just launched, as you guys know, a product on Amazon, and it's finally starting to sell without me asking my friends to buy it. So, nice. uh, yeah, buy that I was, shit. I was very vigorously refreshing the page to see if orders were coming in, but I've also started a new tradition with Yuri. We've been doing it for the last couple of years, where we'll watch each like big city ring in the new year. So like we don't watch all of them, but we watched Sydney, which was early in the morning on the 31st. Um, and then Dubai's was pretty cool. Obviously New York's. And then we, we stayed up just to watch Seattle's. And I don't know if you guys saw the Seattle fireworks show, but there was no, no wind in Seattle oh, yeah. and they lighted off the space needle. And within like two minutes, the whole space needle was engulfed in the smoke from the fireworks. And so you couldn't see anything. So yeah, it was really funny, but yeah, just sort of hung out around the house. And I 
cleared out my garage this weekend and i built that was it the the cleaning out part was a huge task but i built a new workbench i strung up some lights um, you built a workbench without an already working workbench without yeah that's like (laughs) yeah that's like the immaculate floor but why That's do you the need a workbench then? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you clearly well, proved to yourself that your workbench so is worthless. I destroyed it because I don't need <laughs> it. Well, and I built it like probably way too high. It like comes up to my pecs. Oh, that now it's just a garage bar. When I was stringing up the lights, I I was thinking of you because it gave a very garage bar type vibe. Dude, yeah. build a bar in your garage, man. It's yeah. it's life changing. Oh yeah, mm, I'm about to do that once my garage is clear like of all own. of our Christmas decorations. It's like mm. your own dive bar. You can sit at it all alone. It's great. You have a TV in yours, right? I do, oh. I, and I need to start. Mm. I've I've Googled several times, like, can you keep TVs in the cold? Because the garage <laughs> isn't all the way heated. And Google's response is literally like, kind of. <laughs> so I'm like, do I really need to unmount this TV? And we had a really unseasonably warm December. Like, there's zero snow on the ground here in Minneapolis. So I don't know. I'll probably take it down for like January, February. When we first, when we were building it, I told Sam, I was like, the garage bars open season is the first day of March madness through Thanksgiving Mm. football for sure. I was like, that's what we should aim for. But then it was like, I don't know, like 40 to 50 degrees, (laughs) like up in like through Christmas. And there were some fun games to watch in, in all sports. And we didn't like, we didn't go ham out there like we did late summer when we first built the damn thing but so yeah we'll see we're still we're still figuring that out well we're it's in- gonna be a low of four and a high of 20 nice next week for you so will then it? it will be pretty cold uh, yeah, yeah i it. sent it over to you yeah and I, yeah oh that was, that was too many- busy no yeah. i was trying <laughs> i was i saw that today as i was flying back to minnesota i didn't necessarily <laughs> I looked at that quickly and didn't look to see that that was Minnesota's forecast. Well, God damn it. Cause yeah. there's still, and there's, but no snow in it. It's just cold. I don't want cold. I want snow. Don't hey. go do snow things. And I also, I asked Chad GPT for you because you're Googling like it's 2023. Yeah. I was gonna and... <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. And, and, and it says, uh, it's not advisable to keep a flat screen TV in an unheated garage during the winter in Minneapolis. And here's why it, oh, it's TVs are designed to operate within certain temperature ranges in the extreme cold of Minneapolis can fall well outside of these ranges, particularly causing damage or potentially causing damage to the internal components of the TV. And this one I didn't really think about, but condensation. So it's not actually the cold. Oh, yeah. But when you bring the TV back into the warm environment or it starts to warm up after being in the cold, the condensation the, uh, can form uh, on the internal okay. parts and the moisture so can gotta lead be careful. to short circuits. All right. Well, it's pretty, it's, it's not that level yet. So I, I'll, I just need to, I'll, I'll dismount it and bring it in before our low of four, high of 20. Nice. It'll just lean day. against the wall in your back hallway for so, six yeah, months. So, so that it still gets like some <laughs> on some the floor. Cool. Okay. Yeah, you got to ease it back in. I I suppose that does make a lot of sense. Where would you put it though? Inside? Just in, in your basement. Somewhere. Oh, you should put it in the basement and just have it be the 
the furnace from Home Alone one. Or or you can have it just like playing static Hello. or like and then, it, and then it, every <laughs> random every random like twenty yeah. or thirty minutes it does like the ring video. No one. So if someone it. goes in your basement, it's just playing white noise static, no, and no then one, it just like no it, one would break into lucky. this house. Oh. That's the best home security system ever. I'm totally <laughs> yeah. doing that. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome, we're, man. We're, that would well, that would scare me so much. That would. Well, I'll figure that out. I had a good New Year's. spent Spent my first New Year's Eve with the uh, the girlfriend's family, and they are uh, really into game night. Mm. And I got my ass kicked in Pictionary, and <laughs> which I don't think I've ever actually played in my life. I've always been aware that Pictionary is a game, <laughs> and that people play it. I don't think I've ever actually played Pictionary, and yeah, your boy's bad. Like big bet. <laughs> <I'm not gonna, laughs> I think I I I drew uh, I effectively drew octopus, which is an easy one. I effectively drew locker, which is another easy one, and I think I guessed rubber ducky correctly. And that is like three of the like three hundred rounds of really intense dictionary <laughs> that were taking place. I was down down in Georgia. For Ooh. for the New Year's holiday, JP, please play five seconds of Georgia on my mind by Ray Charles. Georgia, Georgia. Welcome to the belligerent beeves, Ray Charles. I believe that is his. Wow, he, he, took he, him he can three finally, seasons. He can finally rest easy. Ray Charles, welcome to the show. We're we're so happy to have you here. <laughs> but the first time I've been in Savannah, Georgia, before. Mm. Mm-hmm. I've heard fun, fun town. Uh, yeah, I got to see River Street, where the, the famous saying is, "I got I got river faced on shit street." Uh, um, I did not. <laughs> did you buy I did a not t-shirt? get that drunk. No, I got. Well, I bought a I bought a Savannah Bananas hat, the really fun baseball team that they have down mm-hmm. there. Oh yeah. So I got I got that working for me. I went. There's a <laughs> institutional daiquiri place. JP, please wait five seconds. Daiquiri, daiquiri factory. factory by Andre Nicotina. <laughs> That one was less planned than my Ray Charles one. Welcome back to the show, Andre Nicotina. You work for it. You're always here. Yep. <laughs> oh, had a very good strawberry pina colada on, on a pretty actually cold day in Savannah, Georgia. Don't. Um, no pina coladas, please. Penny, I can see you're about to you're about oh, to request it. No. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I forget. We usually only request good music on here. So, <laughs> just kidding. Sorry, Alyssa Hogue, for that stray that country music just got. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll request another country song by the end of the show, but one that's good. Anyway, Old yeah. Town Road. <laughs> it's a great song. That is, is a great, great song. song. But yeah. Um, <laughs> Richmond Hill was a suburb I was in. Shout out Richie Hill. We we used to smoke pot with Richie Hill, Benny. Mm, yeah. And have you guys ever been to a Publix grocery store? I don't. I've never even heard Neither. of one. Publix. P U B L I X. I feel like that's a grocery store it's in just, Germany or something. It's southern. It's the ones I was like, Leonel Messi was like photographed. Oh, just yeah. like Casually shop. Yeah, that was a Publix. But when I saw that, I thought and he I, was in Germany. I don't know why. I just think that Publix is like a German Publix, name. Publix has a sandwich shop within the grocery store. They call it pub subs. I had my first pub sub and it was spectacular. Mm. I bring that up because we talk about fast food, fast, casual food, whatever. It's like food takes, whatever. If you find yourself in a town with a Publix grocery store, go in there and get a pub sub. Any kind will work. 
the classic is their chicken tender pub sub, which is amazing. They just chop up a bunch of chicken tenders and put them on the sub and it's delicious, uh, which comes a handful of ways. But also you can create your own. Uh, it's like a full on sub shop and the bread is delicious. And yeah, it lived up to the billing. That was the way I ended 2023. And it was exciting. You were eating um, at midnight? No, actually, I, bought, I got that on December 29th, minutes before a really shitty bowl game featuring my favorite football team ever started. Uh. And we, we were not going to talk too much about it. Uh, but so that was the best part of my day. I also had to wake up at like 3 a.m. for my flight that day down to Georgia. So the sandwich was Going the best thing that Georgia. happened to me. The wake up time was the, like the third worst thing that happened to me. And the bowl game was the worst with the exception of our awesome touchdown and two point conversion. But whatever, we're not here to talk about that. No, we're here I want to spread say this. joy. Yeah. And I want to say this, man, I, really quick on that note. Terry was a zombie, couldn't make the Twitter spaces. I could. Benny, uh, you, I know. We all Benny, your response, though, threw me off so hard about being like, uh, that I, have, I, have meeting? A, I have a work meeting. And Dude, I was like, yeah. What day is it? <laughs> yeah. Then I remember that I was it's supposed so to do It's so hard work. to know what day it is. It's Dude, so hard. I, I will say, my entire team took the day off, but all my vendors, or they took the week off. All my vendors took the week off too. And I asked my manager, I was like, can I log on? And if I have nothing to do, I don't have to like use a PTO day. She's like, I guess, yeah. And so I had one meeting the entire <laughs> guess, week. And it was at uh, Legally, yes, you can. <laughs> if you have not taken PTO and it's not a federal holiday, you do not have to take PTO. That's true. Happening. It is true. Yeah, so, dude. Yeah, this is the first time because I, I, as I mentioned on this show a couple times as far, I left my previous job. There was always a big, big sort of like conference residency, whatever you want to call it, thing that happened immediately after the new year. This was the first time in probably the last five years I got to remember how amazing the days between Christmas and New Year's are, and that they just don't exist on the same dimensional plane that the rest of the year exists on. <laughs> it was incredible. I did shit, but also didn't do shit. And it was a yeah. piece of shit and also my best self all at the same time. And it was marked. <laughs> yeah, it is certainly the time of year where you can be a piece of shit and not feel bad about yourself at all. Right. Or like mix it, whatever. It's just like, yeah, I had fried chicken for breakfast at 10 a.m. But I also was like reading by the Christmas tree with rum infused hot cocoa and then like went cross-country skiing with a fawn to narnia and then came back and watched sports that were on. like the the sports schedule during the holidays is amazing there's this always college basketball on no matter what time it is <laughs> the fucking the the day after christmas quick lane bowl between my native minnesota and bowling green the most anticipated bowl game of the bowl season <laughs> which lived up to the hype it was an exciting hilarious stupid goofy ass game man it doesn't get better for like during the week daytime sports than like december 23rd to january 2nd it's spectacular i don't Agreed. i didn't really watch a lot of sports except for the bowl game and uh, the nba there's been some oh, I, 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 oh, I mean, college basketball too, of course, but there was only a couple of games. Beaver games. Re only a couple of games, but some really good games. Really good games. Some really, really this good is, games. Yeah, you know, it's 
we're starting season four with a really basketball heavy positive episode. Um, <laughs> and we'll get to all of that hardwood positivity right after we get through the Reagan beer segment and then talk a little football shit. Does that sound good? Yeah, that sounds great. That sounds excellent. Hit the ad. Oh, hit the ad. Wait, do we actually have an ad? If you want to use this as a blank space to insert an ad, JP, please do it. I, <laughs> and, and listener, if you wanted to just say out loud Wait. something that you wanted to have on this episode, I, just I we'll, we'll, we'll pretend along with you that uh, JP, what you honestly, just said keep, was an advertisement. Keep, keep, keep all of this in or don't. Use your judgment here. Yeah. Yeah. This could be this could be an ad. This could be an ad. This is brought to you by your favorite product. The clothes drying rack that is being sold on Amazon right now. You can DM me and I will give you a link. The one clothes drying rack on Amazon. (laughs) Seriously, no, that's a good one. DM Benny. That's at Benny L1986 for a steal of a deal. Mm. It is a steal. It's on sale right now. It very that much accurate, so. Benny. It's a steal yeah. of a deal. It's a it's very almost, it's almost too real to be real. No. <laughs> not it's not to that level, but it is a steal of a deal. Yeah, I that saw comps. True. The comps were what much more expensive and way less functional than the one I have. Yeah, that I bought from yeah. your store <laughs> that it, you paid me back the, for. Yeah, it is the best clothes drying <laughs> rack out there. Well, and I think keep... it was. Yeah. No, go keep ahead. Cut moving. me off. Yeah, I'm no, I'm gonna keep doing it. I have a similar, I think it's the same beer I had last week, or maybe the week before. I don't know. This is the opposite emotion that your product made me feel, Benny. I have a surly furious IPA again, oh. which is the opposite Look. of how your product made me feel. Wow, it, it does that. Mm. They don't have a surly joyful IPA, unfortunately. It's just surly furious, it is very good. Uh, and your product is very too. good. The can is very good. This podcast. But why is very are they so good. angry? This I don't know. I was angry. I mean, I just don't like losing to Notre Dame at anything. So I was angry a few days ago. Mm-hmm. And fair. What was I angry about when I actually had this? Has it been since the Jonathan Smith episode? That goofy motherfucker's ass. Why well, was that the last time I drank one of these? I don't know. It's just a good beer, and I'm having one. And it's 2024. It's season four. Belligerent beeves. And this this is gonna be our year, not just our year, but our year, all of our years. It's going to be the year for all of us. And I'm starting it with one of my favorite IPAs in one of my favorite Zoom spaces, with my favorite clothes drying rack <laughs> in the laundry room below me. <laughs> and if you want to be this happy, you can DM Benny at BennyL1986. DM me. <laughs> uh, and yeah, that that's that's what I got. Oh, I just said you're drinking. I'm not going to blow it, but Benny, go first. You want Benny to go? Well, yeah, I just saw what he's drinking. I've, I've well, well, 2024 is going to be a lucky year for the Beavs, I think. And maybe not lucky, but I'm going to say it's going to be lucky in a very good way. And 13 is a lucky number. And it has been 13 years since 
the well not the one and only but our squirt videos came out and thus i am <laughs> drinking a squirt have, yeah i love that have, you have to specify what the squirt videos were I look think them the up mystery makes it better <laughs> oh my goodness Actually, we were trying to create an ad campaign for squirt we were very bored during the summer of 2011 and squirt soda a squirt soda yeah but it's yeah, not called they, squirt soda it's, it's just, just called, called squirt. squirt yeah when you and say we, squirt, i think we had some some good ideas i think they should have utilized us for their ad campaign they didn't yeah you can still but, find those videos on OnlyFans, though actually you okay. can find them on if you're with this is probably more not safe for work than going to OnlyFans, but you can go to Squirt no, Videos. OnlyFans is nothing but tasteful content. You can go to squirtvideos.blogspot.com, and it's still the site's still up. Some of them have turned private, Isn't I think, because real? YouTube has, yeah, taken them down or tried to <laughs> try to block them or something. But there's a couple of them that are still up that, that the public can view, like to catch a squirter. Yes, when Benny chases Benny chases me through uh, the Oregon State campus, and then we were body slams we were watching me. Essentially, a lot of Chris Hansen TCAP in those days. Club TCAP, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yes, the McDonald's squirt was a great one. Shout out McDonald's and Corvallis. That's oh yeah, that's they were fun. as bored as we were during that summer. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All, it, that was still so you know, okay. It honestly was. Are some still up for you? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, but on, only McDonald's and to catch a squirter. No, he hit older is... post. The original one, I think, is up too. Benny's first squirt video. Older post. <laughs> not paranormal squirtivity. No, that yeah, one's that not was, up. That was your guys' bet. Yeah, Benny's squirt video is still up. Yeah. Um, that was your guys' the paranormal squirtivity. Like, you should have been submitted into like short film festivals. Like, it was pretty good. The cinematography you pulled off, JP, with my iPhone using four, nothing, using nothing but an iPhone four, <laughs> showed your, I love your the technological fact... brilliance. <laughs> yeah, and what you're capable of. Yeah, yeah, good times. We back also then. made a rap song about Squirt. Yeah, which that one's a little what? harder to find, <laughs> but yeah. it is still on the internet. Wait, you can, you is can't it? play five seconds. Of, play five seconds of Propane's verse from that song if you can. That was the culmination. Uh, we should have done a music video for it. Yeah, we were supposed right. to. We just got too lazy. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that wraps up the first episode of 2024 for the Blue Peace Podcast. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Cheers to a new year with Wait, all of us. Just... JP hasn't oh gone. Oh, my God. JP hasn't gone. I'm so I'm sorry. I'm back on Starburst. I'm, I'm kicking so off sorry. The... I'm kicking I'm so off the sorry. new year nicely. So noisily that I'm back on the Starburst. I apologize gang. to everyone. It's okay. It's okay. Start. And Starburst or Star Wars? Starburst. <laughs> Nice. Does it look like it says wars? I thought you said, I thought you might have said, I thought you might have made a Star Wars joke and I got excited. Oh, no, I wish I would have. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was, that's my beer. So cheers, cheers. everybody. Where, where does Wait. Starburst rank in terms of candy on your guys' favorite candy list? Like, is it high up there? Ooh. I would that's say, hard. I haven't thought about this list in a while. Mm, 
it's hard to rank for me. And the reason is I never I'm like, oh, God, if I'm at the store and there's Starburst. I'm going to grab one. But if someone's like, hey, I have some Starburst or the kids get it for Halloween or Valentine's Day and I start to eat one, the first one's like, mm, yeah, these are still pretty good. And then yeah. after like the 16th one, you're like, they're still really good. It hasn't yeah. gotten any worse. Each one I've had has been equally as good as the one before. Yep. So it doesn't ever make me want to like, it doesn't drive me to go buy it and grab it off the candy aisle or at the checkout stand. But I also don't go to the store. I do Instacart. So maybe that's the problem. I need that to start doing that. I hate going to the grocery store. Dude, Man. I kind of love going to the grocery store, but I'm also not good at it. Oh, I'm so bad. I'm like, so bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, me too. Uh, Especially now Starburst. that I haven't been to the grocery store in like five years because I've only done Instacart. I Around, can spend uh, $250 at the grocery store and come back and have nothing to make for dinner. Just drinks. <laughs> just drinks and chips and ramen. <laughs> Wait, how would you not have anything to make for dinner then? That sounds True. like an uh, Okay, nothing adult to make for dinner. <laughs> yeah, well, that's... You just had to sprinkle the chips problem. on the ramen. Boom. Adult. Have you guys ever have you guys Boom. ever had the star the Starburst jelly beans like around like Easter? Yeah. And oh yeah. Come out? Yeah. Yep. Starburst yep. jelly beans are fire. Yeah. yeah. And actually, I want this reminds me. Shout out. We just talked about this yesterday, but shout out not we, but me in the mini bebe. Shout out to the husband and wife who were sitting behind us at the Utah game, who bought my kids Starburst cotton candy. What? Yeah. They, they were have like, that eraser. Yeah, they're like, here, Dad. They're like, here, this is for the kids if you don't mind. And I was like, well, yeah, I don't mind. They're going to love this. And then they were eating it. And I was like, what well, smells like Starburst? And they're like, it's Starburst cotton candy, Dad. And they're like, just scarfing it down. So, yeah, you can get Starburst cotton candy at Reeser. Oh, my God. It has come <laughs> yeah. so far since we were in school. Holy shit. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I'm so glad no one told me that while I was at Reeser this year because I would have. Spent the lot. rest of my money mm -hmm. <laughs> and gotten really fucking sick. <laughs> it also it also seems like people maybe didn't tell Silas Bolden or Tanner Miller that they have Ooh, Starburst cotton great, candy at Research Stadium. Great segue. Yeah. Great segue because yeah. they have entered the transfer portal. Mm. And we don't see like ya. to see that. Yeah. Thanks for your contributions. Yeah. See ya. Bye. Yeah. Both are really sad. And I kind of think. It's probably inevitable that we're going to see sort of another wave of outgoing transfers after the bowl game, but I wasn't really expecting Tanner. So I guess it makes sense. If both these guys go to Michigan State, I'm going to be mad. I've tried yeah, to stay out of this. Like, the, the this, crystal this fucking ball is saying that uh, Bolden is likely to head to Michigan State. That would suck. I thought Silas was going to go pro. Yeah, I did too. Or come back. And like now, I feel like an idiot. Last week for just being like, "What if Silas comes back next year?" Even though like I thought it was a, a slim chance of it happening, and I understand, you know, it's like go the, and you have to enter the portal in order to like figure out what you can make from the portal. But like, I don't know, is is one more year in East Lansing going to improve any draft stock? Like, I don't, I don't think so. No. Um. So, yeah, that's not. Great. In less disheartening, but also Oregon State departure news, Anthony Gould will be participating in the East-West Shrine Bowl as he prepares for uh, yeah. the NFL draft that 
I still don't know if Gould has officially hired an agent yet. Maybe he has, but that essentially means like he's in the draft <laughs> and which we all expected with his declaration and everything. Ryan Cooper Jr. is going pro as well, which is understandable. And we wish, we wish everyone well. We wish you a merry Belligimus, I guess. <laughs> For sure, for Coop and Gould. But I mean, mm-hmm. man, I really like, I thought there's like kind of like something in the, like it was in the stars that Silas would come back for one more year. Yeah. Just ball. And I thought, I, as I thought that, I called myself naive for thinking that. But I called myself naive thinking he'd go pro and not go somewhere else in college. Well, and I, I mean, it, like, I, I think we all are on the same page with we thought that Lindgren was pretty pretty all right last year no big issues with him but the one thing that i will say that i i wish that he would have done more of is get silas the ball and i was really excited to see the potential of that happening next year especially given the weapons that we'll have on offense next year and yeah it sucks to see him leave i think he has so much potential so much more than what we saw this last year just because of the way that we used him but every time he got the ball, he was he was electric. Yeah. And man, I'll tell you, if he goes to East Lansing, that will really, really sting. And and not to go into a rabbit hole, but I just the fa- like we've lived through really like th- this seems like it's the first season where the transfer portal is like in full effect. And I think yeah, like at I, least fucking with us, like it. Fu- yeah, yeah. This season's been particularly bad, and I think. I've really changed my tune on the transfer portal. We we had this in our group group chat earlier, but it was like at at first I really was like, oh, I I really want the players to do well. I'll be cheering for them. I've sort of like gone back on that. I think it's I, I get why the players do it. Obviously, especially if like money's involved, I understand that from a business aspect. But man, it does just really take a lot away from from college football like it really does it it it's tough to get you know really emotionally invested in any one player because they might just leave the next year so yeah it's tough to see him go it's just it's it's a tough situation yeah i told so i told him minima bay okay if you take this back to last season like not this last one before and i told him when chance nolan entered the portal right and he was like I mean, he hadn't watched Nolan play in weeks, but he had gotten to meet him and would follow him as interested when he would hear his name get called and everything else, right? And so when I told him that he was transfer transferring, it was like heartbreaking. You could see yeah. it like, oh, what? Like, so he's not going to be a beaver anymore? Like the realization kind of set in. And then as some of the earlier transfers started, like you know, DJ, Aiden, et cetera, a little bit of like, Oh, like bum, you know, bummed out. And like, but when I told him that Silas entered the portal, who he'd met, he really liked meeting him. He got him to sign his ball. He was great. Just totally awesome with Ev. His first, he was like stone cold. And he was like, didn't even look at me almost. He just kind of looked up. He's like, you still got Dame. He's loyal. And I was like, 
man, if you are this age and you already are realizing that there's this like separation of a players that are loyal to the fans and the schools and then the fans reciprocating that same feeling back, then it's then I think that the next generation, this isn't gonna go away, but this is gonna be just this much easier for everybody to swallow as it continues to kind of march down the road it's been going down. Because yeah. I'm in your boat, Benny. I I never really wished anyone like, oh, I'll follow you and hope you do well when they transfer. Even when the days of the transferring window or the transferring, you know, had required one year to sit out before you could play again, unless you're a grad transfer. And even then it was like, oh, they're transferring because they kind of are giving up on their situation mm-hmm. because they couldn't, because they couldn't make it work here. Yeah. But now we're seeing transfers that can make it work here, especially, and they still enter the portal looking yeah. for something else. And that just is like, fine. Yeah. Do you, do you, I'm not going to tell you that, that you're wrong, but yeah. I'm going to close the book just like you could. I don't have yeah. to cheer for you. You're not go- you're not cheering for me. So yeah, that's it. Well, all right, you're not a beef. See ya. Peace. Yeah, uh, da- Dashiell said something that really resonated with me. Where he had retweeted somebody saying like, "Don't talk to kids that way," because some someone was giving some player that was transferring shit, which you shouldn't do. No, um, that's what I mean, no, but, don't do that. But but Dashiell's point was like, these aren't kids. These are guys that are 18 to 23, 24. Like they're not children. And I think for me, one of the biggest names that transferred first was Aiden, who started the season at 17. So like, I think that's a little bit different, but it's like some of these guys are like in their near their mid twenties. We don't need to necessarily be treating them as, you know, a 15 year old that doesn't know better, that doesn't understand what loyalty is. And again, like, if they're chasing the money, chasing a better opportunity, totally get that, respect that. But I also don't think that we need to pretend to be fans or to cheer them on when they leave. It's unfortunate. It sucks. And there is a bit of like good riddance when that's happening now, at least in my personal feelings on it. Yeah. My one last comment on it, though, is it, it isn't that like every single time somebody transfers out and leaves, it's just like, well, you're out of my life. Like, I don't care about what you do how you're doing you as a person. But when it comes to you on the football field, especially if my only relationship with you was watching you play football or whatever sport you were playing before you transferred, then that's that. And and now that relationship's gone. Then that's all I had. I'm not going to pretend like I knew you, but if I didn't know you and I do know who you are and I got to know them as a person, like then, yeah, maybe I, of course I will still root for them to be successful as a person, not going to wish any like ills on somebody, but like most of these people I only know as the athletes that I watch and enjoy when they're playing for the beeves. So when that's taken away or ended and it's ended by their choice, then like, then I'll add on my choice. That's fine. Yeah. Yep. Either way, it's not going away. It sucks. It is the new way of sports, and what we're gonna see is the the separation of loyalty and not loyal players is just gonna be yeah. more and more evident, and it, and it's not gonna be as start, startling. I think that's the thing is we kind of always assume that every player is a little bit loyal to the school, the program that gave them a chance that they yeah. played for, that they represented, right? And 
when they demonstrate that they might not be, that's when it's like, what? Was this, like, not real? You know, and it's hard to, you want to question, like, you were all, you know, go beeves last week, and now all of a sudden you're not, and, you know, I think, I think sometimes it's just a facade that people put up once they enter the portal. You know, it's not like they hated Oregon State. That's why they left. I mean, sure, there are probably people. But they got to pretend like they've closed the book, you know, so. Yeah. It also sucks when there's like one year year left of eligibility because then it's just like, do you get invited back to whatever, like that the new school's homecoming? Like, right. (laughs) what school do you tell people that like you went to and – you know, I get like grad transfers and stuff have always kind of been a thing. And so that like that has been part But you have of a degree, so it makes before. sense you can come back. But you have it and yeah, and I know a lot of these guys do as well. Just like the, the I think the COVID year being a thing true when the like oh with the portal has like kind of made it more wild. I do think number like total numbers in the portal will decrease a little bit when there's not just like this extra year of eligibility that people have to play with. But I don't think that necessarily solves the, the greater issue that we are thinking about right now. This is just, you know, I, I, I the, the Silas one stings and I don't want to <laughs> pile on Silas just because it's like what's upsetting about it right now but that's you know that's a legacy beef he's been with the program for a long time and it's a family and, thing too and it's a family exactly and it's like I have to watch him play for fucking Michigan State next year because their assistant pool is four million dollars more than Oregon State's is like yeah like it's that's where like the people are like I'm done with watching like all college football like fuck this that's where it's like there's not really an argument to that if that's what turns you off of the sport because it's like yeah the the color of the pageantry that could counter those arguments before matters less and less and less every day and that's what's heartbreaking it's it's representative of like a bigger thing that like we can't change which sucks well. And, yeah. and and maybe that's a good segue into sort of what our football discussion is really going to be about. And that is that it is completely changed the landscape of the bowl season. I, I've, I've yeah, never they're, been they're so fucking preseason games now. Like if that, if yeah. I mean, uh, I, the Fiesta Bowl was half filled. Did you remember when we played Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl back in 2001? Like it was packed. The tickets were being sold on the second market for like ridiculous amounts. Like they just don't mean anything. Like unless you're in the playoffs, they really don't mean anything. And you can see that by, I mean, it was our second string offense almost completely. We had one yeah. starter left. 11 good was, was the one starter after Silas got hurt. Other than that, it was second string, third string. And like, and, and Tanner who's now in the portal. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, do you, do you, would you even go to research to watch that? I mean, I I know we would, but would the majority of the fan base go to research and like, let alone travel halfway across the country to go see that? It's just, there's a lot of repercussions. And I, and I think, you know, the Sun Bowl is, is one of them where the, the final score was not indicative of how those two teams fared yeah. this season. But it happened in the Florida State Georgia game too, yeah. obviously for different reasons. Like it's, so many of these games you're watching is just like, well, we're used to seeing this guy play for this team, but today we've got 
fucking somebody. Honestly, <laughs> 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 the people who deserve a raise are all the play-by-play and color analysts and sideline reporters for these games who have had to learn on the go real quick. Yeah. The dude who started Minnesota's bowl game had thrown one pass in his entire career, and he's a fucking like six-year senior. Was it wasn't gonna play in the bowl game because he's getting married in like three weeks, and PJ Fleck essentially begged him to play in it. <laughs> um, that's probably enough football, don't you think? Do we well, hold on, I want to make a comment about. Cause I, I, no, I mean, I do think that it's it's an interesting discussion about what is up with the bowl game, like what is are bowl There's games some, fixable, yeah. and and what what I mean, it's clear what happened. The transfer portal happened, opt outs happened, again. Players have their own right to do whatever they feel is best for them. I'm not going to ever. I, I will say just opt-outs happened before the transfer portal happened. Yeah, But exactly. mostly with guys who were first preparing round picks. for the NFL draft. And but even they were like first-round picks. <laughs> yeah, they were. And and now people are, were, I think it was if it was still just NFL draft opt-outs, like Notre Dame's first-round quarterback, Sam Hartman, opted out. He's not a first-round pick. He's not a second-round pick. If he's, he's a very third round handsome. pick, he's very handsome. And he was, um, but he was still there. It's not like he was went. busy doing something else. <laughs> right. And it's just like, you know, it's so it's, I think it did reach a point too where I think greater college football realized it's like, all right, what are we doing with these games? And then also the transfer portal happened at the same time, which has to open because yeah. they're still student that can't athletes. Change. Yeah. yeah. It has to yeah, open enroll. it does because they're still student athletes and you got to enroll. So now you basically said every bowl game except the national championship and the two games going into the national championship don't matter. They won't be around. And they won't. Like I the, think you're right. In the They're going to contract the number. I think you're the right. Previous system, it was like everyone play your bowl game and we'll just tell you who's the national champion. And that wasn't a fair system either. So with this, I don't know. I fucking, I don't know. It was like 12 years ago or something. I think I sent you guys a bracket where I was like, if, if the college football tournament was as big as the college basketball tournament, this is what it would look like. And it was, I think it was Brandon Cooks's last year and like Oregon state would have been a 15 seed against Ohio state. And I'm like, if you want to save bowl games, you got to do that. <laughs> and the national champion, the two teams in the national championship played 19 games or something. Otherwise, I think they'll. I don't think they'll disappear, but I think it'll get even worse, and they'll just keep having them, and they'll just keep going through the motions with them. I and can't imagine because I, I don't. I don't know when they start losing money. When do they start losing money off of off of it? Well, like think about this. I just looked up because I I went to the, a very random the the 2007 Emerald Bowl. It was about as yeah. random as you could get when it comes An to incredible evening. That's where we played Maryland, right? Yes, we played Maryland in In San San Francisco Francisco. at a baseball stadium. Yeah. So I think it wasn't like it was an ideal setup for, like, I mean, yes, Oregon or Oregon State graduates can make it down from Oregon. They might live in California or somewhere in the vicinity of the West Coast. Maryland being all the way across the country, they, they do have still, like, a pretty good reach across the United States, but that stadium reconfigured for football 
I don't know what its full attendance number could have been, but it was still, I just looked this up. And I don't know how trustworthy this is, but it's like a reference site. And it, and maybe it was from Wikipedia, but it says that the 2007 Emerald Bowl as a, official attendance was 32,517. And I remember it being really full. Like, yeah. I was like, wow, people are here for at a baseball stadium. It's like such a weird setup right now. And I don't think you get that right now. And I don't think you're getting that at almost 70% of bowl games that don't have CFP implications. So, Terry, I agree. The only fix is either make every bowl game part of a tournament that matters or let every team play the bowl games how they used to, and then you decide CFP. Uh, That's actually probably the best idea I've ever heard where – it's an extra game. If you've earned it, you get another chance to, to make the CFP. Hmm. So you would have the Sorry for all the radio play. silence. But yeah, you'd, you would have the team. You'd have the schools play in the bowl games that they were selected to. And, and then, then after that, would... the committee decides. <clears throat> yeah. And then there's so then four teams, four teams would play one more game and two of those teams would play two more games. Mm hmm. Yeah, that would certainly fix games like the Fiesta Bowl for sure. Yep. Where, yeah. 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 It's, it might not be a bad idea to do that when, I mean, this is eventually going to expand to 16 teams and probably pretty soon. Yeah. Um, do it, do it for the entire thing then. Just create yeah. a bracket system after yeah. the bowl they, game. They'll never, they'll never create a bracket beyond, well, actually, yeah, maybe they will. I think 16 will be the max, but, but yeah. But they're not going to, I don't, I don't think they would ever just get rid of though, like the broader bowl games. And I wouldn't want that either. I do, I do agree that something needs to be done to make them the product that they used to be. But I, mean, I don't, the, I don't the, think the Oregon State Notre Dame game. Let's say that there's a 16 team playoff, even a 12 team playoff, and we've got 16 versus 19. Facing yeah, off yeah. in the Sun Bowl, that's that is CFP implications yeah. for the if, for the winner. Well, yeah, for sure. And the Sun Bowl is one of the I'm, games I'm, that I'm, didn't need help with attendance. Yeah, I'm thinking about yeah, like, like, point the pop, like the Pop Tarts Bowl, and you know, like the Bahamas Bowl, and like these bowls that like clearly never had national championship implications, but were still attended. And like I remember being a kid, and like learning from like my dad and like dad's friends and adults who were like, Oh, I'm not a huge college football fan, but I do watch the bowl games. Like both, like people would have bowl pick em pools. Not probably not on the same level as like March madness, but people watch. Yeah, I remember games. that for sure. Like all, like all the bowl games. And it's just like, mm-hmm. Oh, like fucking Mississippi state Maryland's playing like something. And like weird shit would always happen in those games. And you know, it's just, I feel you like, remember- that's there's like a charm to it. There was like I said earlier, color and pageantry to it. Yeah. And especially for kids, like you want you want to grow the game of football still. It's like I remember being like home from school, those two you get two weeks off for winter break. Yep. And it's like a few days before Christmas, like day after Christmas, whatever. And it's just like it's maybe like a Wednesday or something, and there's football on at 1 p.m. And it's like, what is this? This is the Copper Bowl. And it's like the Copper Bowl. Wisconsin versus Georgia Tech. And you're like, all right, I'm into it. 
like that was what bowl games were and it mattered who won and i think there's always like a little like the winning team got like a little bit more of a payout from those games i think the losing team did and like never went straight to the players but still like it was let's win this final game and now it's like a lot for a lot of times too it was like players like this is my last college football game ever i'm going to go after this or i'm just done after this and now they kind of just instead of doing that they're like all right the last regular season game is my last game ever and i'm opted out so well and i think a lot of it too had to do with conference like conference matchups too Mm -hmm. right like the the rose bowl was always the pac 12 or pac 10 against the big 10 and once they stopped doing that and this conference realignment stuff started happening, I think that's another aspect that we haven't even discussed that is also playing into this that sort of minimizes it. But to your point, Terry, they're going to continue to do this until they stop making money off of it. But I can't, I think next year is when we'll see the what the viewership numbers look like be- because <clears throat> I don't think that, I think people saw what happened this year and this year seemed like it was such a steep decline from the from the 2022 bowl season yeah. that I, I think you'll find a lot of people just tune out. What we are approaching is, and I don't know if any college basketball teams have turned down bids to the NIT, but we have seen them turn down bids to the CBI and maybe bids to the NIT have been turned down before where it was like, you know, Tinkle has turned down a bid to the CBI for Oregon State before. It was like, yeah, this just isn't worth it. Mm-hmm. Financially, it's not worth it. We want our kids to focus on finals. We're an NIT team. I would have to go back and look. I'd be interested to know what the percentage of accepted NIT bids are, probably over just like the last 20 years, because when the NIT and NCAA started their kind of rival tournaments and the NIT was almost even more prestigious for like the in, like in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. But that's like kind of like where we're getting to and at least like those tournaments in the college basketball space have remained but we but not without question of of what's the fucking point and does anyone besides like real hardcore hoops heads care about this and yeah but also operational cost of a tournament is especially one like the NIT or the CBI is substantially lower than the cost of than running all right. these like third or fourth tier bowl games. Yeah. I would be, there was what 40 something bowl games this year. 42. I think I would be shocked if there's more than 30 next year. Hmm. I think there'll still be in the forties next year, but I think the hard questions will start being asked. I think like, they're already being asked. These, most are, of these people... there's also there's also there's contracts and stuff too. Like these stadiums have been reserved for these dates like years in advance, and the TV contracts have like been negotiated. So I don't think you could. I, I don't think anyone who's well, like the TV a CEO contracts. Of a most of these game. lower level bowl games. This is what's interesting. Part that's interesting though is most of these bowl games that no one is watching and no one's playing in are the ESPN bowl games that they yeah. own and the they're Music the ones bowl. driving the final nail right. in the coffin of these bowl games with all yeah. of the focus being on their CFP in the but playoffs. Them canceling those bowl games would be admitting fault for them. Like the, this shit that they've created, like they, not they're really. trying to, 
they're they're trying to have their cake and eat it too. They're trying to put the focus on the CFP. Yeah. That's their that's their golden egg. I know, but the bowl games lead are like basically function as like three and a half hour long commercials for the CFP for like the weeks leading up to it. Because that's Maybe. like kind of all. I Maybe that's about. the rationale. Maybe. So I I, I I think at least from a broadcasting standpoint, that'll keep them on. I don't I, I don't think they legally could look at a lower performing bowl game in terms of like what revenue, interest, ticket sales, TV viewership and make a decision for next year. I just don't think they could legally do that. So I think we'll see the same number of bowl games next year and maybe the year after, but I think then we would start seeing like maybe that's when the other shoe drops. I don't know. I'm just imagining the paperwork in canceling a bowl game that currently exists as hell. Probably. Because even things like the Hawaii Bowl have been going for 60, 70 years or so. Did that happen this year? Yeah. Did it? <laughs> I did not watch one bowl game other than the Beavs. Oh, yeah. yeah. San Jose State was in the Hawaii Bowl. They lost yeah. to Coastal Carolina. <laughs> right. But I mean, yeah, and that's like the sickos still like watching San Jose State, Coastal Carolina in a bowl game. I don't know. Can we please stop talking about football? We, yeah. have, good, we have good stuff to talk about. Like? Like basketball. That's yes, amen. It's football's done. It's fucking over. Bye, bye, bye. Pigskin, you stupid fucking oblong shaped ball made out of fake leather. Basketball, the real sport. Yeah, JP, real please play, please play five seconds of the theme song from Hoosiers. <laughs> yeah, now we're in the mood. <laughs> we're in it. <laughs> Opposite of a sad trombone noise. That makes less sense when I didn't say the first note from the football segment, which was supposed to be sad trombone noise. <laughs> Opposite of a sad trombone noise for women's basketball, which is still undefeated and ran Oregon off the fucking floor at Damn. Gale. Damn. Mopped them. Men's basketball improves to 9-4. and four. Everyone was saying, you fucking idiots. Excited about these wins over App State, UTSA, Idaho State, Utah Valley. You fucking homers. They're going to go winless in the Pac-12. Just watch. Poverty fucking podcast. Poverty program. Oh, oh, what's that? Is that an 86 to 70 victory against USC? And LeBron <laughs> James? Or, or Bronny James? I don't care. It's his same bloodline. I don't give LeBron a shit. James. Oregon James beat the Trojans <laughs> at Cal. The Trojans famously were also the team that Craig Robinson beat in his first Pac-12 win ever. I know Wayne Was Tinkle has had several Pac-12 ever. It's it's his first Pac-12 win this season. And for some people who think Wayne Tinkle's never won a fucking basketball game before, yeah, USC didn't look that good. I don't care. Nine and four. We won 86 to 70. Tyler Billado, a.k.a. Thrillado. Mm. Jordan Bowie. A.k.a. Dollar Dollar Billado. Oh! God damn it. That one's so much better. <laughs> um, oh. Anyway, let's, let's talk, I want to talk women's hoops first, though, because that's the 12 and 0 team. That's the undefeated team. But still, still no love. Just, replete with haters not ranked unranked at 12 and 0 
ridiculous. <laughs> running Oregon off the floor. You, although they, they didn't have to get off to the great start. They had a, they had a 13 point deficit to my arch nemesis, Kelly Graves and the Oregon ducks, but turned that in to a 21 point victory mm. and hit the 12 and O mark. They're not ranked yet, but they are receiving votes. If the AP poll extended beyond 25, they would be checking in at 28. But all of the Pistons are firing with this team. We saw a great, great game against Oregon by Tamia Gardner, among others. But yeah, you wanted an answer from Ruick after the last two kind of down years or just not the, not the same level of dominance we're accustomed to the first third little more than a third of this season answering the bell yeah they've been spectacular and i don't think they'll lose much at home if at all yeah yep i was the rest of the pac-12 fared because that's Pretty supposed fucking good. to be yeah, yeah there's so <laughs> yeah. good uh, USC, yeah usc the so that's 12 that, is amazing <laughs> that's that's where i was gonna say is this weekend's gonna be a huge test at least as like using using it for a measuring stick for for this team i think they're gonna fare pretty well i think we'll surprise some people i was wrong in my not to put the focus on on the men's team but i was wrong with my prediction of which games would go which way so i'm not going against the LA schools. So I'm not going to predict which games will go which way against the LA schools this weekend, because one, they're on the road for the women's team, but they take on number six SC on Friday and number two UCLA on Sunday. I mean, that oh. is like, there isn't a better way to measure what kind of caliber team you have this season than facing off on two on the road in LA against two, top six teams but the the season thus far well first the comeback against oregon that was so much fun man it felt like there was just it was so sluggish to start the game oregon kind of like quietly came out ahead in the first quarter and it was like wait what what how they get these points and our shots just weren't dropping and it was clear that it was like not an effort thing. It wasn't a matchups thing. It was just the luck of the draw and which shots were falling. And the, the, the roles reversed in the second half. It was evident that we were finally getting our looks. We were finally executing. We were able to put in buckets that just weren't dropping in the first half. And then all these ones that were dropping for Oregon in the, in the first half were nowhere to be seen in the second half. I mean, after that first after that first quarter, like what they scored like twenty something points. So and we put up almost fifty in the second half. It was it was domination at its finest in that second half. Definitely led by Reagan, of course, the namesake of our beers segment. And but career high, seventeen rebounds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean twenty points. 24 points in the 17 boards, nearly a 2020 on the night, I guess, day. And one thing I want to say about this team, which is why I'm really excited for them, is the potential last season that we 
had hoped for and watched develop. Let's be honest. We watched it definitely develop over the course of the season, especially when there was a lot of youth trying to figure out what do we do with our leader, Talia, out. Against Oregon, Talia would tell you she didn't have her best game. And so it wasn't like because she was down and out, no one else can get anything going. They turned it up for her, and they did it in her place. And I think that's what was missing last season because of the youth. And with Reagan, Tamia, AJ, they all just like, you know, went went out there and were like, we got you. Don't worry about this. I wouldn't I wouldn't put too much stock though in a win against Oregon. They're bad, bad. <laughs> they are bad. So Yay. I, I, I really do think that even one win this weekend would put the Oregon State team in the top twenty five. But I would love to see them get both because I do think that they have that kind of potential and that this team might have one of the highest ceilings that we have seen for a Ruick team. Usually the teams that historically he's had be the most successful were playing at their ceiling at that point. And and we just, we knew it was coming. Whereas with this squad, I think that they're going to be very surprising and have a higher ceiling than all of the ones we've seen prior to them. So, It'll be it'll be curious to see what happens against the USC on Friday. May not want to put a ton of stock in Oregon, but it's always great to beat the Ducks. And as I mentioned, always great to beat Kelly Graves. And Ruick improves to a record of 13 and 7 in his career mm. against Kelly Graves. So we love to see that. Yeah, what, what didn't didn't Graves say something about this? He uh yeah. I can I can read actually so Dashell tweeted both Quote, he had a post-game quote from both coaches. And we can shout, shout out Dashiell for his incredible reporting of this game. Shout but out also Dashiell. Just in general. Sort of exemplifies what the rivalry means and that it, you know, it's bigger than football, as we've been trying to say <laughs> on this show since this whole realignment started. But so Dashiell's quotes, Nick, we're just lifting your words exactly here. But... I hope it's a credit to you. Read Nick Dashell's work at OregonLive.com. But the question was, Coach, in your career, you're 13-7 and seven against Coach Graves. Why do you feel like you guys have had so much success in your history against him? What sort of challenges does he bring in those matchups, which seems to be a good game no matter what happens? And Ruick's response is, obviously, he's a really good coach, had a lot of success in his career. When he got to Oregon, we were at the top. He was facing the conference champion for the first three years, I believe, or maybe four. I can't remember. We had the upper hand. And then Sabrina showed up, and we went four and four against Oregon during Sabrina's years. I think we won five of the last seven, something like that. It's been back and forth. It's our rival, and I'm an Oregon State guy from day one. It's a series that I take a lot of personal pride and joy in. We've had a lot of success against them. I think it brings out our best, and I think both programs have made each other better, which is really fun to be a part of. And then his what he posted in the presser with coach Graves coach. You've had a couple tough losses in your career to Oregon state. These games always seem to go down to the wire. What is it about this Oregon state team dot, dot, dot and Graves response. We've won three of the last four years here. So I don't know what you're talking about. That's the honest truth. 
we finished ahead of them in the standing six straight years. So yeah, this is not an easy place to play. Beavers always get up. It's deep rooted in Coach Scott. I really like that guy, but he's the beaver. His parents were beavers. His grandparents were beavers. It's in who he is, and he gets his teams fired up. I don't have that deep rooted, you know, sense of what this is like. So I guess I got to do a better job. But the reality is, we've had some pretty good success up here in the last few years, and that sounds like two coaches after a rivalry game for sure. <laughs> yeah, it also sounds like one is a duck coach and the other is a humble beaver. Absolutely. Yeah, you I didn't can definitely tell quote, which coach lost. I didn't even realize that they went four and four against Oregon when Sabrina Ionescu was there. Pretty like, that's good. Pretty incredible. Sabrina yeah. didn't lose many games in college. Yeah, uh, I hate Oregon, but she is amazing. I can't, I can't say anything other than that. So until reading that, I didn't realize that Oregon State w- had a 500 record against one of the best college basketball players we'd seen uh, yeah. in the rivalry. So, you know, yeah, yeah, it's right as well. But yes, great game from Reagan. The thread, the old school Benny on the shorts threads, like this might be the best Oregon State jersey that exists that they were wearing. Yeah. In this game with the orange script over the black number, old school Benny on the shorts. You go to the recap on OSUBeavers.com. There's a great picture of AJ just fronting. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's been it's been a fun start. And we're at we're now at the point where it's like rank them, oh, you cowards. Rank them, you cowards. And it's like, you know, it's oh, I wonder if this will be like a season where we kind of get back to whatever to where it can now be that season. It's like, Oh, like, I wonder how, like, I wonder how good we can be. It's not just about like getting back to being respectable or being like, Oh, can we have like 2010 again or whatever? It's just like, all right, like we can dream now. And that's, what's fun. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Just one quick question. Was, was it the Oregon coach who said that these games Always come down to the wire, or was that the reporter that was that, that was him? that was that was Dashiell in the question? Oh, okay. it's, it's that was a very general like it seems these games always come down to the wire, and um, he was fishing, man. He was just fishing it. for a quote, yeah, yeah, okay. I thought it was, the and, that, and that's also like, and then because 6241 like, is not exactly no. down to the wire. And that's where it's like when you're the coach, it's just like you start going back to the past. It's like the last six years, like one 20 point loss. Yeah. Hmm. Well, welcome to reality. <laughs> welcome to the new. I'm so happy. I just, I love these jerseys. I love this team so much. Shout out everyone. Yeah. Um, shout out Scott's Beaver Dam for uh, copping me a Reagan Beers. Jersey, I asked. I sent him on a uh, he got you on? covert covert mission. That I said, if you're if you're there, snag me one, and I'll I'll shoot you a Venmo. And yeah, he he's got one in hand for me. Also, a- shout out Scott for his family is now second generation ball boy and ball girls. Scott right. was yeah. a ball boy back in the '90s, and uh, his daughter was the ball girl for the game against Oregon. So. Very cool. Oh, yeah. Shout out to very, very cool. family. All right. Before we move on to men's, I want to shout out Donovan Hunter, who is second on the team in assists right now, has started 11 of the 12 games. I, we were excited when 
she committed to to the Beavs and had a lot of uh, high high hopes for what she could do. And I think this we're seeing like the like the almost like the polar opposite of last year where it was like Talia being injured. Now we're seeing how like good the team can be when like Talia is healthy, and there's also like another guard who can help facilitate and can can work the point and can play off ball and can get people involved. So you know, Talia is is the team leader in assists, but just has a lot of help in in that in that regard and can get the team set up, set the ball movement, and make a lot of things happen and can play make. They're both you know pretty pretty damn good show women for, for this team. So I think when I watch, there's so like obviously the players that we've known for a while, but it's like. At, like Donovan Hunter has been a difference maker, mm-hmm. and that is you know we we watching the team last year we knew it wasn't that far away it was like just some better injury luck, and maybe an influx in just like a couple places and I think we're seeing a big part of that influx we needed with Donovan Hunter she's been spectacular so shout out Donovan, uh, but also shout out the whole team and coach Coach Scott of course always. Yep, yep, it's been a fun one this. This, uh, thus far, and I mean, like I said, this is what we envisioned could have been last year if the youth that arrived would have been able to have a lot of chances to play alongside the you know leadership uh, of TVO. But we didn't get a chance to see that. But now we're seeing this, the the fruits of that rough season, and that is yeah. that there are there are there is a ton of confidence on that court. Right. Oh, it's it's exciting. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun fun winter. And what might make it more fun? We didn't think they were gonna suck, but if you thought they were gonna suck, Oregon State men's basketball might not suck. In fact, they might be kind of good, kind of good. Eighty six to seventy win against the USC Trojans, beating Boo El- the likes of Boo Ellis. And Bronny James on his father, LeBron James's birthday on December 30th. <laughs> While miles away, LeBron James and the Lakers were losing to the Minnesota Timberwolves in quote unquote controversial fashion. Your toe was on the line, LeBron. It wasn't a three. It wasn't a three. <laughs> Me, Laker fans, sucking you know it. Anyway, that's not what we're here to discuss. <laughs> but. <laughs> Ronnie James and the still true. Ball. It's still true. God damn it. <laughs> to Wayne Tinkle, Jordan Pope, Tyler Billado, Dexter, Cano, Casey, Beckway, and the rest of the Oregon state beavers in blowout fashion. I'll say it blowout fashion. Oregon yeah. state improves to nine and four Pope and Billado eclipsing 20 points in the same game. That's the first time since, I think it's November 2022 that mm. we've had two guys go for 20, 20 plus in the same game. Was that the Duke game? No, it was at <laughs> no one scored. <laughs> the Duke game ended 22 to 20, basically. <laughs> no. Could have uh, been 23, that, man. It was 54 to 51, I believe. No, that was at Wazoo, I believe. And where is my note on this? Pope and Bilodeau both balling out against SC. Yes, here it is. And they are both the number one and number two sophomore scorers in the Pac-12. 
It is still the Pac-12 for this year, so it's not just between them and Washington State. Trolls, <laughs> I can already see you trying to turn that stat around on me. This includes all 12 teams for the next, the rest of this basketball season. They they lost a tough one to UCLA in the first game of this homestand against the LA schools, and you know UCLA has been down a little bit this year. I think USC is probably better than UCLA, so a game against yeah. the Bruins is when you'd like to see them win, but getting the split at home and now they're going on the road to the Palouse on Thursday, followed by a game against UW on Saturday. They're playing UW basketball, not football, who I'm not sure what why that matters or what they're fucking doing. Who gives a shit? Sorry for even bringing it up. But watching that game against USC, and I was just like, all right, what how do we measure success for Oregon State men's basketball this year? And what are we hoping to achieve or what what do we want to see and i don't think top half of the conference is that crazy i also don't even think it's like being a low ball homer to want to see that and maybe be be happy with a season like that but cal doesn't look great right now stanford doesn't look great and i think we showed that we're right there with the LA schools or better. And the sample size of both Washington and Washington state doesn't look too great either. We'll only have one series against Arizona and that leaves teams like Oregon, Utah, and Colorado, who who I think have won some nice games and have some nice pieces, but we, yeah, the, the, the sort of doom scrolling that this team is going to be at the bottom of the conference, I think was a little, too uh too premature and it's not just you know getting a two-point win and fucking quadruple overtime by a final score of 50 to 48 against usc and like a game when no one could hit a shot really but i think some of the non-conference games have looked better given what those teams have gone on to do app state is a great uh, example of that and i don't know i just like i'm i I feel like I have a very healthy relationship with this team right now. And maybe you guys feel the same way where a sweep in Washington this weekend wouldn't be the biggest surprise. And I wouldn't, you know, have one of my very long walks in the rain where I contemplate the meaning of all of this shit. Um, <laughs> and I think a, a one and one, a split or a sweep would make me happy. And I'd still want to see a little bit more. But I'd be in and I'd be interested and I'd be excited and I'd be intrigued. And I think that's what you need with the men's basketball program right now. It just sort of seems like the identity that they've been searching for isn't as far away as we once thought. And that they have these at least a trio of scorers and some toughness down low and a team that's playing hard for each other, which hasn't always been the case here. I think that's the key. That is the key, that these guys are bought in and the the locker room issues of the past. I mean... And there and have been a few. It, but hats, <laughs> hats off to the staff for, at least in regards to the culture, riding the ship relatively quickly in what could have been like a, an absolute disastrous season 
of in of external transfer influx that caused issues with returning players or returning players caused issues with them whatever the whatever the whole riff was that could have la- left a lasting mark far longer than two seasons and last year again yeah we were hoping to see some sparks like this we were hoping to see development we saw it here and there and now now these guys again they've got the confidence they've got the run they've got they've got their bot in those close games early in the season, I thought I was I, when they when they happened, everyone was like, "Oh, we barely beat so and so in double overtime. We were lucky they didn't make the you know, bucket at the buzzer." It's I didn't look at it that way. I looked at it as white. This team isn't giving up. The last two years, I felt like a lot of these and guys those were, were games we lost. Yeah, <laughs> that we lost because it was almost visible on the court that these guys were not interested in trying to fight for the win. And and I have I had not seen that in those close games when it was easily a throwaway game in the years past, a couple years past. I would say the UCLA game maybe showcased a bit of coaching touch that UCLA still has at their advantage. Those halftime adjustments essentially spurred them back into business and it was over usc i think that that was a game again that was huge for us not because of sc not because of Bronny james not because they're traitors and it's the last time they'll probably ever come to gill coliseum the biggest thing was it was a close game coming off of a game that we let go on our own almost through halftime and we held on the rest of the game and didn't just hold on there's been a lot of wayne tinkle era teams that have had a lead and held on but it made it too close for comfort too many times and yeah, there was a couple points where this was trending towards that and it was a little bit worrisome but it never got to the point where you were like what are they doing? Like, they're blowing it. It was always, <laughs> all right, it's, it's a run. Let's, let's push back. And they, they were able to do that. I don't think USC, like, didn't score after halftime, by the way, for, like, uh, I don't know, eight minutes or something nuts. It was like, wow. It was, it felt like forever. So these, these guys were ready to keep the pressure on. And, and I thought they, they, looked, they looked cohesive. They looked great. Again, they seem bought in. They're they're executing in the system. For those who say that Wayne has no offensive game plan, I would say I think he's found the right people to make that work. Their their scoring ability over the last whatever games this season has made me feel like they're they're not hard pressed to score. They're not stressing to score. If they face a good defense, they might have trouble, but. It isn't one of those things where it's just like they get open looks and just can't can't execute and, and and they're not put in a system that is beneficiary of them. And something that's really helping the offense right now is this is the best that they have shot at the free throw line in a while. God, yeah. And we we've talked about this. Like it seems like since we started the show, we've been screaming free throws are free points was like kind of the initial Twitter catchphrase we we had. 
but they're they're number two in the conference in free throw percentage right now, and they're shooting better at the line than their opponents are, and making that an advantage. And I, if if I have a criticism of of Tinkle, that's that's certainly been one of them. Is this yep. team has has struggled from the line, and so I'd say with free throw percentage, and then also like this team has done better with rim protection. They're averaging almost more than like a full block per game at the rim than their opponents are as a team. And, you know, we talked, there's a big Chol game earlier this year that we got to come on here and talk, like just getting to see that guy in, in action and fully healthy has been fun. But with Abekwe and Ratai being, you know, stout defenders, they're not, they don't have the same wingspan or, or height that Chol does. But I, you know, I think I've, I've liked the look of uh, Justin Rochland's defense when he's been in there and of course Spillado too. I think you sort of flip the script, not even entirely, but just make it something that used to be a loss into a win with free throws and rim protection. That's probably a difference each year between like two to four wins total, which would, which would make a couple of like the past, you know, few seasons and some in the past uh, a little bit easier to swallow. And I know that's not where we want to, totally draw the line here but let's just take this team for what it is right now they're nine and four they just beat a team with talent that has been struggling but still you know boo ellis is a fantastic basketball player andy enfield is is a damn good college basketball coach mccronin's a damn good college basketball coach even if this isn't the year under the sun for the ucla bruins that's a challenging two-game set and there was a lot more good basketball than bad from the Oregon State Beavers. I think this this weekend, I think, will be a pretty good test or a pretty good telltale of how much we can expect because Tinkle on the road hasn't been great in, in his entire mm-hmm. tenure. So and this will this is the first, first road test. game. The first game that we've played neutral sites, yes, but this will be this game at Pullman in Pullman will be the first true road game of the season and it's game number 14 which i get but it's 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 time it's time to put in that work away from home as well so i will be very happy with a split this weekend yeah um, and i'll celebrate it with a banana split um <laughs> on the show oh that sounds so good I, the last time I had a banana split but during the reagan bananas split segment uh, what, one stat that I, I think is indicative of, of what you said, JP, of the the will to win with this team or their their fight is if you look at the rebound split in the USC game, Oregon State had more offensive rebounds than USC had defensive rebounds. They, they almost doubled USC up. It was 36 to 20. And I think that's just that it is a very indicative stat of a team that is in the game, has their head in the game, is wanting to win, is willing themselves to win. It is that specific stat. So I think shout out to, to the team, every single player that played with the exception of one got a rebound. So they're crashing the boards. There's obviously been a huge shift in that focus for the team. So, and that's the sort of stuff that can win you games on the road too. Because when your shots are off, not falling, that's what's going to be able to pick you back up. So 
I also think that this team's young, right? Like that we're seeing the same thing with the women's team. This team's learning how to win. I think, I think they may have surprised themselves a little bit beating USC the way that they did. And I think that can propel them because mm. I, I don't think we're the only ones that are looking or fans aren't the only ones that are looking and saying, you guys are winning some pretty close games against teams that right. aren't expected to do a lot. And then you go out and beat USC by double digits. Then maybe that builds a little bit of confidence, which is needed going into your first red test. So I, I agree with you guys this weekend will tell us a lot and a split would, would make me happy as well. Obviously a sweep yeah, would be great, I think but I think a very, it splits a reasonable expectation. It's very reasonable. And it's also not even saying the bar is too low no. either. Like those are places we've struggled and, you know, I think it's not like Tinkle's new. He's he's well familiar with the challenge of building a winner in basketball at Oregon State. But I, I don't think that, you know, the culture setting thing should be lost. You know, I think seeing the team stack up W's in the in the win column is is a good thing. You, just when you like if we're looking at recency bias, you know, it's six and one in the last seven games and USC is not the only blowout in in those seven set season highs in in team assists against usc a set a season high in points against usc field goal percentage three-point percentage for a game so let's take that momentum into pullman and get get a big win against the that team that team that we love to love and can no longer hate except on the days we're playing them in big games. And I think this yeah. would qualify as a big game against our beloved Coog brethren over on the Palouse. It would I think it would mean a lot to Tinkle and it would mean a lot to uh, the guys on, on the team if they were able to get a win and to JP, of yeah. course, <laughs> uh, against the fellow nine and four Cougs who are coming off a uh, close loss against Colorado they have also you know they're bit of bit of a mixed bag with them this year they got shellacked at Utah in their first uh, conference game of the season and also have uh, losses to Mississippi State and Santa Clara hmm. so yeah, they have a go to Santa Clara it would be a fun mm. school to go to mm. Their mm. best win of the year is they beat Boise State 66 to 61. That's it. Utah Tech. We played Utah Valley, which is different. <laughs> um, One not is, the same school. Yeah, yeah. So there's not a common opponent. At, it's at not Utah time. Silicon Valley Technical Utah, Institute. Utah Silicon Valley Blue Mountain State. Um, <laughs> wrestling. Host Penn State reverse Penn State. Is that in is that at Gill, JP? It's at Gill. At Gill. Okay. Wrestling versus Penn State on January 5th. First time they've ever played it, wrestled at Gill. JP is gonna get this out on January 3rd, just so that we get two full days of advertising for that. Me, no, Andre is. <laughs> Andre is gonna get this. And out super out secret on January producer 3rd. Skinner on it. They're yeah, on it right now. Exactly. They're already mixing behind the boards. They're already mixing. Studying the team. They're, they're, it's like <laughs> Spaceball. You guys remember the movie Spaceballs? Yeah. Yeah. They 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 made the movie before they were done making it. <laughs> they had that film. They're like watching, they're watching the film 
in the movie. In they're so watching that meta. scene, that scene in the movie while it's being in filmed. the movie. Yeah, <laughs> in the movie. Yes, I recall. I don't remember. I do. That part. Be- Betty's just like, why does this is? I'm just gonna smile that's, through Terry referencing something that, stupid again. That that's the movie where the dad and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yes, play it, Darth it, Vader. Is he's the Darth Vader spoof, Lord Helm. Yeah. Okay, got it. Okay, yeah, I know and the his, movie. I his don't trusty know. first in command, Colonel Sanders. <laughs> I should watch this movie then. Spaceballs like is so movie. funny. Yeah, it is so good. Yeah. <laughs> every, everyone should watch Spaceballs. Shout out Spaceballs. It's it's like it's it it basically was the first ever spoof movie like of that yeah. like 25 years later they made scary movie and oh. they make they don't make scary movie without Spaceballs. Are they on it's scary not like the movie same movie like 13? They need to stop <laughs> making that. Like they, they need to stop with that shit. Like do a scary a movie was great. Furious, then there's like like after like like three hundred came out <laughs> and then like trilogy, six days what, later they came out with Meet the Spartans. It's like I'm sick of spoof movies. But Spaceballs was the first one making fun of Star Wars, obviously, and they did it perfectly. Agreed. Wrestling, hosting Penn State on January fifth, and they're gonna beat them perfectly. To... They're gonna beat them perfectly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Penn um, State's like a powerhouse wrestling program. Penn State but, is one of the best wrestling programs well, in the but country. So the this is a fact big deal. that we've played them, we've gone up against them twice in the last, what, four years or three years. So one was like, I think, at a tournament or something that was like a neutral site. And then again, actually, yeah, in State College. So it was like, Two years in a row, we played them in the last two years, but we've we've been on the road, and to have them show up for a match at Gill is one not something to take for granted, but two not something to just you know be in jaw dropped awe of. I think we still want to beat the shit out of them, and. Yeah. Get get the W, but hey, yeah. I mean, this might be one of the few chances to see a, a program like Penn State wrestle against our beeves at Gill, especially with Peter the fam, you, know, you know what to do. Yeah, Phil with the uncertainties. Gill. Yeah, Phil Gill. I mean, who knows? I mean, right now, right now, wrestling is included with a WCC or independent. They said no, they're independent. They well, they'll them gymnastics and now maybe baseball might operate, you know, as a under the Pac-12, Pac-2 umbrella and continue to kind of schedule as they have because they've been they've been scheduling independence forever, especially yeah. wrestling. But like, if you don't have a, any like clout with your with your conference, it's gonna be a lot harder to draw programs like right. Penn State. Not- no matter how good we are, and we are a really really good wrestling program especially without support from a bigger conference, like from the conference offices and, and leadership yeah, helping you out there. So, yeah, but you know, coach Pendleton's going to have those boys ready to go. Yeah. Ready to chop wood. We thought we've got to get coach Pendleton on the pod. We've talked about it. I agree. I agree. Yeah. He's, he's, he's due up coach. If you're listening, uh, we want you on the pod. We'll, we'll, we'll send, we'll, we'll send an email to the powers that be, Get we'll get you on, on coach. I know, I know. I know. We know you're busy. Uh, take care. Take care of Penn State first. Actually, um, 
talk with us and then go maybe deal with Penn State if you'd like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, gymnastics season. Another sport Oregon State happens to be awesome at. Wow, isn't that a trend? Just being really good at all the things. Man, uh, 2024 the hitters, the hitters season. Otherwise, at the Mean Girls Super 16 Championships at noon on Saturday at Orleans Arena in Las Vegas. This is, I believe, the second straight season we've started with a meet in Vegas. And we are sadly not at it again. Um, uh. But uh, bet, I bet Warren, MVP listener Warren DeGray. Yeah, is, is Warren there. going? Or, Warren, let us know if you're going. Yeah, and then we'll 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 overnight you a microphone, mm, so you can interview may do do live check ins. Yeah, from Matt's side. Yeah, I like that. Matt. Also, side. Warren, let me know if you want to go see the new Mean Girls. I'm I am in. There's a new Mean uh, dude, Girls. There's a new Mean Girls. I'm so fucking. I love Mean Girls. Yeah, I'm down to see. That. I'm skeptical as I am with any remake, but I'm down to see it. I bet that movie so fetch. I just can't believe it didn't come out on you October third. You know, well, you know, writers strike. Best line man. of that movie. I on know. October third, but... he asked yeah, me what get day your it writers was. in order, Terry. Yeah. I'm not in charge of all writers. Yes, you <laughs> are. Damn it! I yeah, wish I are. was. We'll pay us more than no. Amazon, Benny. <laughs> no, earn more. <laughs> Benny. <laughs> I'm so glad I've been a partial arguer of this. Send a $10 billion check from Amazon to writers everywhere, and all strikes will be over. That's the, <laughs> that's the agreement. I'll march right into Jeff's office. Yeah, just go I'll into take Jeff's charge. office and start taking money. He's not going to notice. <laughs> he honestly probably wouldn't notice. No, no you just take not. a fraction here. Just a fraction a of fraction a cent. here, a fraction, a fraction of a penny. Yeah. Yeah, give give, give my, it a micro me. deposit in and then a big yeah. withdrawal. And every yeah. time it's like, wait, what? Yeah. And then meet the new Mean Girls comes out on October 3rd, as it should. Yeah, I've and seen Office Space. I know how this we're, works. We're, we're in the theaters and she says on October 3rd, he asked me what day it was. It's October 3rd. And we all be like, oh, my God, and it's October 3rd in real life. Look how fun. <laughs> the new one comes out January 12th, by the way. That's in 10 days. 10 oh. days. Same girl. Oh my. That's no. six days. No, it's like a remake, but uh, Tina Fey's in it. Okay. Yeah. It's it's six days after the Mean Girls Super 16 Championships. That's right. I hope that the gym team gets to go to a premiere while they're in Vegas. They this should. Guy, they, they have to. Yeah, I wonder if Regina George will be there. Mm. Mm. Probably. Maybe. Probably. Who knows? Yeah. All right. Should we end the episode? Insert ad. I'm <laughs> 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 just kidding. <laughs> For now. For now. We'll explain it. We'll explain another time. Now is not the time. What an incredible bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, whether or not this episode has ads in it and <laughs> offers for you to take advantage of listener, 
Uh, we don't know. None of us know. That's what makes this fun. You'll have to listen to find out. And if you are <laughs> listening, you, you have listened to find out and you are welcome or we are sorry. But next episode, for sure, <laughs> this has been the 123rd episode of the Belligerent Beefs podcast. The premiere of season four of the Belligerent Beefs podcast. Woo woo! Premiere yeah. of recording in year of our Lord 2024. Happy New Year, Beaver fans. 2044. Thank you for spending part of your the first few days of your new year with us. As always, my name is Terry Horseman. You can find me at Terry Horseman on X, formerly known as Twitter, and at Terrence Horseman on Instagram.com. I am joined as I always am by my beloved co-hosts and partners in crime. Starting with my dude in Tacoma hitting the recruiting trail hard. Benjamin Lawrence Sebastian Weehage, aka Penny with the good quaff, aka Penny Bowl Game if bowl games last much longer. <laughs> AKA Penny Bedlam because he's fucking crazy, folks. AKA Benny Burner, AKA Benny Blastoff, AKA a bunch of other ones too. You can find him on all of the social media channels at Benny L1986. Order his shit on Amazon or I will come to your house and yell at you in front of your family. DM me. And also <laughs> in Portland. On the ones and twos, the man steering the ship. It's JP Bertram. You can follow him on Twitter at the Trio J. That's at the underscore Trio underscore J because he's too Trio to be real. And on Instagram at JP Bertram. And you can follow the whole gosh dang production. Belligerent Beeves, the Belligerent Beeves podcast at Belige Beeves on X formerly known as Twitter, Belligerent Beeves on Instagram, Belligerent Beeves on Facebook, Belligerent Beeves on Blue Sky, Belligerent Beeves on LimeWire Music, uh, <laughs> dropping n- new new shows new that and audio files that may or may not, but probably will crash your computer on LimeWire, Bear Share, and DC++. They're safe. Daily. They're DC++. Safe. Plus plus. <laughs> also on YouTube. Also, there is an OnlyFans reference in the show tonight, I believe. So we're we're on we're on OnlyFans. We're also on fans only, which is mm-hmm. a different thing. Yeah, it's like for, farmers only. But it's only for fans. Farmer for, fans who are fans only of of certain things. We're, Shout one out of, farmers. One, one of you. us, uh, one of us for sure had a farmers only account at one time. One of us for sure had a Cougar Life account at one time. Uh, two of us had an eHarmony account at one time. We're not on any of that shit anymore. Uh, though maybe <laughs> it's still active if you dig real deep, like, but probably not. And also on MySpace and belligerentbees.com, belligerentbees.com slash merch. We got new shit dropping kind of sort of soon, but kind of sort of new stuff already up there check out the merch jp does an incredible job on it and all of the proceeds help oregon state's nil damn nation collective we don't see a penny we don't see a scrap we don't see anything it all goes to helping 
the Oregon State student athlete experience and making Oregon State the greatest place to play and cheer and watch college sports. No one's got it like us. Nobody. No one. <laughs> no, None. I was about to Harbaugh. I was about I was about to Harbaugh it because I saw him after the game last night. I, I was about to I was about to Harbaugh it. <laughs> this has been the 123rd episode of the show, episode one of the fourth season of the show. Thank you guys so much for rocking with us. Football season's over. Our numbers always do great during football season, and, and then kind of go down a little bit. So let's keep them going on, during non, on, non football season. Everyone, everyone listen to the show. Please, 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 please rate and review. Give us five stars. Like, give us five stars on Spotify right now. Give us five stars on Apple right now. You can't see me, but I'm like twirling my headphones cord in a real flirty, like cute fashion where I'm just like, come on, just like sign my yearbook and like tell me I'm cool and like go to prom with me and shit like that. Um, <laughs> five stars. Share the show with a friend. Just like, like, like and subscribe. Like it so much because we're like the greatest. And then we'll go see Mean Girls. And, you know, I have my mom's Corvette and we'll go enjoy riding afterwards so yeah this has been 123 episodes of the belligerent bees and we've got 123 more coming for you but probably only about 50 more this year or so (laughs) what happens who knows what the year for happy new year beaver fam happy new New year Year. we didn't even talk about new year's resolutions we'll do that next week it'll be be belated new year's resolutions next week best of luck with all your new year's resolutions Hope this year makes all of your dreams come true. And no matter what, no matter who's in the transfer portal, no matter who's fucking with you, no matter who sucks on your Twitter feed, remember, remember, no matter what they say, no matter what they do, no matter what they try and take from us, they still can't spell chop them without hope. So chop them. Chop them. Chop them. Insert ad. (laughs) Dollar dollar billado, y'all.